This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. everybody out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason and that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and as always i am never alone sir can you please introduce yourself what's up everybody it's jonathan escudero here aka yogi Jonathan Escudero is my guest of honor today because we are on the precipice, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe it's been about two full years since we've seen a Marvel film in theaters? It feels like it, man. It's starting to feel like it. It Out of control. Out of control. Two full years. I was getting FOMO. And now, even now with all the Marvel stuff we're getting with Loki, I I was almost overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, my God, we're back. We're back. Is it is it far from home? Is that really the last movie? I would assume so. Yeah, and that's Damn, what July. Man. That's, that's also insane. July. I want to say insane. But look, we're, we're insane because we're spoiled, right? Because <laughs> like I mean, yeah, franchise. <laughs> look, look, look at the space between Rush Hour Two and Rush Hour Three. You know, like <laughs> twenty three movies in ten years, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're now we're like uh, making snappy, but yeah, we are days removed from the worldwide premiere of Black Widow. It was supposed to come out in 2020. As you know, COVID uh, pushed everything to the side, but we are still trying to get ready, trying to get amped for it. Um, I even remember when I created the schedule last year, this comic was on that schedule last year in preparation for the film, but everything got thrown in basically in the trash when everything started closing down and there's no theaters and stuff. I'll be watching this movie in an actual theater. Will you, Yogi? Yes, I will. I'll be watching it down in the River Center IMAX theater. I'm going to see it at IMAX because they said there's supposed to be some extra screen or something. Ah. I'm, just, I'm trying to see the bottom of Scarlett Johansson's butt cheeks. <laughs> Get the bang for your buck. <laughs> um, isn't she with that SNL guy? I can't yeah, she's, she likes some funny. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you got a chance. Oh, look yeah. At, look at that. <laughs> look I'm going to tickle her. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I had to decide, though, um, when it came to what we're going to talk about today was I I wanted personally to get more into the Natasha I didn't know, which was the Natasha Romanoff from the comics. So I thought we would start off by giving a little background of the comic book character before getting into a story that introduces Yelena Belova. Am I saying that right? I feel like it's Yelena. And it's like, but I don't I'm not rushing. Belova. 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 Yelena. Yeah, something. You know? I, I think Yelena sounds better. We'll find out in two days and then hate this <laughs> cast forever because yeah. of it. But <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but uh, Yelena uh, Belova, who's being played by Florence Pugh, is debuting in the MCU as this character. So we went back and found the actual comic book debut of this character in this storyline called Itty Bitsy Spider. 
which weirdly takes place in two different <laughs> Black Widow series for the course of only three issues each. I feel uh, like one is a sequel of the other, though, right? I don't yeah, yeah. Come like they were just packaged together because you can't sell three book three issues at once. <laughs> I mean, it felt like one of those uh, repetitive recon uh, recons. Like we're starting at number one. We're starting at number one. Yeah, uh, with Black Widow, but um. Yeah, I. What was your background to the character before the MCU? Because I I barely knew her aside from video game cameo, cameos here and there. Before the MCU, I kind of knew her from cartoons, but mostly as a supporting character in the comics that I had just started reading at the time. I would have been. She showed up in Iron Man two, and I was like, okay, this is gonna <laughs> be great. I know her from the Avengers comics. Right, right. Uh, was she a standout in those? Um, not really. I mean, whenever an arc focused on her it was interesting but it wasn't like yeah i can't wait to read the next issue of black widow i can't wait for her to get a solo it never was i can't wait for her to get her fourth issue i feel like the mcu if anything has done a huge favor for black widow the the property the character because really even in comics there were not many there were not many notable black widow stories she was always notably part of someone else's story yeah yeah um, and I, like what I remember from like her video game appearances, sometimes even, even in some animated stuff, um, she was always very duplicitous. She was always very like working both sides and um, she was a femme fatale. She was sexy, but also very dangerous. Um, and I went and did some research. So they gave her the name Natalia Romanova initially. That was what the name of the character was. So her full name is Natalia Alianova. Alianovna Natasha Romanova. <laughs> right. Created by Stanley, uh, Don Rico, and Don Heck. A lot of Dons there. Uh, she debuted in Tales of Suspense number 52 in 1964. Back then, we were introduced to Black Widow as, like I said again, Natasha Romanova. This lasted until the 90s, until it was discovered that Romanova is not actually a Russian name. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Eventually it changed to like Roman Romanov with a V. And I think the um MCU uses Romanov, like just straight off O F F. Really? Romanoff. Yeah, Romanov. I uh, did not know that. Yeah. Um, and it's been retconned that Romanova was like one of her many aliases. So that's, that's easy, why that's an easy one. Yeah, I think, that's with that, Black Widow. Yeah. And you know, she was introduced as a Russian spy. Um, she was an antagonist of the superhero Iron Man. She later defected to the United States and became an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a member of the Avengers. Um, they retconned her origin recently, and I think this is what they're going to be going with moving forward in the film. But it says that she was a stab, um, she was uh, raised from a very early childhood in the USSR, and she entered the Black Widow Ops program. A man named Ivan Petrovich had been given custody of her by a woman who died immediately afterwards. Uh, what during, that's what it says, during the Battle of Stalingrad in autumn of 1942. Um, Petrovich was take, uh, had taken her to Department X with other female orphans where she was brainwashed and trained in combat and espionage at the covert Red Room facility. There she is biotechnologically and psychotechnologically enhanced which okay. provides a rationale for her unusually long, youthful lifespan. During that time, she had some training under the Winter Soldier, and the pair even had a short romance. Um, each Black Widow is deployed with 
false memories to help ensure her loyalty. Romanoff eventually discovers this, including the fact that she never, as she believed, been a ballerina, which is something I think we saw in Age of Ultron when they're messing with her head. So it turns out she's never been a ballerina. So apparently in the comics, she never was a ballerina. She always had these sucks. memories of her being a ballerina. Uh, but apparently, no, she uh, that, that was all. Seems a little overly complicated. I'm not sure why they let that editorial was thinking with that. Right, right. Uh, the KGB arranged a marriage between Natasha and renowned Soviet test pilot Alexei Shatstakov, which you may remember the name Alexei is uh, the Red Guardian um, because that's what ends up happening. Uh, the Soviet government decided to make Alexei into their new operative, the Red Guardian, and he's told that he can no longer have further contact with his wife. <laughs> so Natasha's told that he's dead and um, she trains as a secret agent separately and he goes on to become the Red Guardian separately as you know Red Guardian is going to be played by David Harbour in the film um, and yeah in the film he's kind of like a father figure so I thought that was really weird because when you read the comic she has a picture of her and Alexi yeah, and it's like different. to my love Natasha whatever but in this it's like more like a father figure I wonder how they're going to cut that down the middle I wonder um, I wonder, like, is he like the messed up dad that brought her to the red room? You know, like stuff like that. Like, I wonder what they where their where their I relationship like, settles. I feel like they. I don't know. I don't want to get too into speculation, but just looking at what they've shown us so far, it just kind of looks like they're gonna do a thing where they were either undercover together or or this is that she was raised by them yeah yeah by him instead instead right. of like being married to him right because like, i don't even think they're gonna reference that at all right <laughs> right right they're gonna get right past them. but apparently you know the red guardian is a huge uh character in her past and um David Harbour is gonna be bringing that to life after he burns his hellboy suit <laughs> and so and uh just wanted to throw this in there for Harper's portrayal. Um, him and the director discussed Ricky Gervais's performance in The Office. Okay. I don't know what that has to do. I don't with really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, some other things people may not know about the comic book Black Widow that are co- pretty common knowledge and, and are out there. One is she kind of likes to sleep with Daredevil a lot. There's a lot of Black Widow and Daredevil to the point that when they were going to make that Daredevil film in the 1970s, they were picking out a Black Widow and a Daredevil. They're supposed to be like these, you know, star-crossed lovers. Maybe there's like a Catwoman Batman thing going on there. Maybe I mean, that's uh, what. It, it it almost is, except that, you know, Black Widow isn't exactly a villain, but their ideologies don't like clash in the same way. Well, that's very interesting that you say that because the next thing I have is that she started as a villain. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. one thing. Do you think our uh, we're going to find out more dirt about our Natasha? Do you think that she kind of gets a, a clean rep because all her atrocities are just mentioned as opposed to seen? Because she talks about a lot of red in her ledger, right? Like she was very upset about all I, of that. People, I feel like maybe people haven't really considered it, but she is a spy that worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. They had no, and before that, she worked for the KGB, and before yep. that, you know, like, so it, clearly she's got a pass. Being shown it might make people feel differently about her, I think. In yeah. her last appearance on screen, it would kind of <laughs> suck to just ruin. Just snuffing out babies and stuff. You're like, Natasha, no. <laughs> no, not, no. Uh, the last thing that most uh, that people may not know is that 
the actual Black Widow has superpowers. We alert, we alluded to this when we were talking about the uh, technological enhancements that were made, but she was, um, she has like a, resi- uh, her body's resistant to aging and disease and heals faster than a human does, but she doesn't have a healing factor. Um, yeah, stuff about like the effects of disease, physical, m- mental disorders, all that stuff she's blocked off against. Um, any of that you think is alluded to? Do you think our widow has any of that? I don't think our widow is going to have any of that. <laughs> I think some of that stuff is the result of like necessity. Like sometimes I need these, these things to make my story work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I definitely think of the moment where Crossbones throws her inside the, that truck. He's like, it don't work on me no more. He just dumps her in the truck. <laughs> I hope she has some sort of resistance <laughs> to something. Cause Holy hell, that was a lot. Um, we, but we decided to, with all that information, to go forward and check out more of Black Widow in comics, especially this story. Like I said, Itsy Bitsy Spider. It's split off into two. One is written by uh, Devin Grayson with art by Scott Hampton. And the other is written by Greg Rucka with art by J.G. Jones. Which of the two did you prefer? Uh, I've always preferred J.G. Jones's art. Are we sure J.G. Oh, Jones wasn't on the first thing? We think it was on the first one as well? Yeah, I think it was on the first one, and I think it was reversed. Oh, it might have been reversed. I have them written down, but it might have been reversed. I know Greg Rucka is the second uh, author. Greg Rucka is the second author, though. Yep. Yeah, I yep. know that. 100%. So you like the art from the second book better? I, I thought the art from the second book was interesting. And some and there were some panels that were like, this is, this is the best thing I've seen in the whole book. I think one, considering the subject of the second book, they have a split panel of Natasha oh, yeah. and Yelena's face. And I was like, man, yeah. that is so awesome. But overall... Uh, I like J.G. Jones's art better, except for this one hilarious <laughs> panel where Daredevil looks like two different people. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like, what the heck happened here? Yeah. <laughs> and they also like for a lot of those uh, for a lot of that art, they wash out the background, mm-hmm. um, which gives it this cool like stylistic thing. And, and the whole second story is very like noir. So that definitely added to the aesthetic there. Um, I would say the first story is a bit more coherent. It, it kind of has like a beginning, middle, and end. There's a there's a goal that to achieve, and it's yep. over. Whereas the second one, upon uh, you know reread and taking notes, was kind of hard to explain. <laughs> I'm not sure that they really even explained it in themselves. <laughs> yeah, I love Greg Rucka, but yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> we'll yeah. get to it i don't want to give too much away to her let's start off with the uh first three issues written in 2001 like i said by devin grayson um so our story starts off in what i believe is the fake or f- fictitious uh country of rapistan rapapistan rapapistan what year is this 1999 yeah it's their, it's their cheating way of being racist. 100%. <laughs> yep. And we see a scientist and a general are testing some sort of bioweapon. The test is a success and the general orders more. In New York City, we see Natasha Romanoff looking through her cherished belongings before getting a call and listing her into the efforts to stop the bioweapon that is in Rapistan. Um, among these cherished things, we see a, uh, like a magazine cover of her and Daredevil as like a power couple. Um, the picture of Alexi that we were talking about before. 
and um, her Avenger friends, her Avengers friends, her her uh, ballerina slippers, which if she wasn't a ballerina, that's just even sadder. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a cool one page shot of everything that makes Black Widow. Yeah, really quick. And some of those things are things not even expressed in the MCU yet, which Mm -hmm. is pretty interesting. Um, she hears a knock on the door and it's her old friend. And sometimes, you know, uh, what is it called? Sne- Sneaky Link? Is that what the kids are calling it today? <laughs> Secret lovers is what the grandparents Secret call it. Lovers. I think uh, not before we really get into Daredevil, like, it, did we miss out by not having something like this for Natasha in the MCU? Well, we kind of got screwed with, um, okay. with, well, I was gonna say with Hulk in the oh. Age of Ultron, right? Like yeah. that kind of muddies the waters a bit. Yeah. Like she can't screw with nobody else on the team with Banner there. <laughs> I thought I thought they seemed like they were headed towards doing her and Hawkeye for a yeah. while. And then all of a sudden they shifted. Not only do they shift it, they put them on two complete completely polar opposite sides where they go, Oh no, no, no. Hawkeye, he's totally redeemable, has a whole family. Her, she's sterile. She's over there on that <laughs> side. Can't even have kids. <laughs> Horrible. Remember when they went to the point of saying that she was a monster because she couldn't have children? God, who wrote that horrible thing? I don't know. Probably some guy who makes uh, speedsters just fall down on Amazon for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I like their playful banter that they have. Like you know, like he's really this is the the probably the most playful Matt I've ever read. You know, like flirty kind of like get into bed Matt, but um. They talk and she puts a letter and a picture of her ex for some reason in her purse and she takes off without giving Matt many details. So we're already seeing that even though they share beds on multiple occasions or roofs, I think they said one time um, <laughs> that they don't, she doesn't necessarily she's not necessarily 100 percent honest with him all the time. Here's one thing I thought was interesting right here that Natasha's being spied on by Yelena and we don't know her name yet but we're shown this immediately like she's spying on her from the next door apartment yeah. and Natasha immediately gets to jump on Yelena and yep. this is the case for the whole book yeah like she's entirely outclassed there's no there's no attempt to put her on even ground yeah. with Natasha yeah uh what do you think about the fact that it even kind of goes over Matt's head because at one point Matt's like he thinks he hears something or he thinks that something's going on and uh, I think he's so secure in Natasha's skills that he's like, if something was going on, she would tell me. And if I needed to be involved, I would. She would tell me. Yeah. 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 He does have a lot of trust in her. As um, like you said, as she leaves, we see a blonde woman in a tactical outfit, which was the best way I could describe what she was wearing. <laughs> it's a midriff. I don't understand why it had to be a midriff. <laughs> Somebody was joking about that. I can't remember if Spider-Man 1 or Spider-Man 2. Remember when in one of those movies, there's two criminals on a web. They were like bank robbers and they're caught up on a web up in the air. And one of them is just wearing a midriff. She looks like Kim Possible. <laughs> I'm like, what Who robs? Who robs a bank looking like Kim Possible? Uh, to each his own. I thought it was. I think it's just a result of the freaking nineties. You know, people uh, they you got to draw these girls with the most skin showing because the the people that the demographic that's reading it that's what they wanted to see. Should we tackle it here? I mean, Nat is incredibly draw is drawn incredibly seductively. I, I think for her whole run, for yeah, the most part, she will. I mean, and, and most comic women are. I mean, like, I guess it goes back to all these characters being exaggerated versions of us. Yeah, that's true. The males 
uh, in skin tight outfits with bigger penises than we could ever imagine, and and the girls with with, with just insane body proportions that don't exist in real life. Yeah, bones don't <laughs> move that way. <laughs> they don't. I was I I remember reading this and going, this is a bit more like seductive than I would think. Um, Florence Pugh's gonna play it. You know, like I'm reading this and I'm like, I don't oh, yeah. think they're going. They're, they're not going, going with that this. Route. No. Um, but we see Natasha get ready to board her flight to Rapistan. We see the mysterious woman disguise herself as a stewardess, seemingly tracking our heroine. When Romanov arrives, she quickly finds the weapons. But when she hears a noise and sees people entering the warehouse, she goes for cover above. You're right, because they caught her. They caught. <laughs> they caught. Yeah, no. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, in the very beginning, the uh, the goons are bringing Yelena in, um, and Natasha's hiding, you know, in the ceiling. And then her and Natasha just have a conversation in Russian, and Nat it happens so her. fast. Yeah, I, I like when like reading it was way different than taking notes. Taking notes, I was like, oh, a lot of this jumps. Like she got on the plane and then she went from the plane to inside the warehouse with the bioweapon. No, no if ands or buts. It's all, yeah, it's all, we're just, we just jumped there. Um, so, yeah, Nat saves her from the men. And when that's done, the blonde introduces herself as Yelena, Yelena <laughs> Belova, student of the Red Room and a wanter of the Black Widow moniker. According to her, she's the first to surpass Nat's marks in the Red Room and considers Natasha a traitor, choosing to be an American hero, hero rather than a Russian spy, which is kind of sort of true. Like, you kind of forgot what, it was the Goku thing of it all. Like you kind of forgot why we sent you here, you know. I think uh, not to get into spoilers, but isn't it weird that in the very next story they end up positioning them as in opposite? Like, yeah. Uh, and I, I assume there's no other appearances of Yelena between that book and this and the second story. But all of a sudden, she's being said to be the one that wants to be a hero, and Natasha's the real spy. Like, <laughs> right. There's one other story. It's called Pale. Little spider, a pale spider, pale white spider, something like that. Um, that I was getting into, but it was kind of a lot. Like I'm talking about like like sex dungeon a lot. <laughs> Cause this is Marvel Knights. What's the name but, of what's the name <laughs> of this movie? <laughs> but for those no, for those who want to read it for us, it was Pale Little Spider, and it I think it's the last leg of this entire sauce. thing. <laughs> I need <laughs> the sauce. I need the sauce. Oh, the pale sauce little good. spider, huh? The okay. sauce, the sauce <laughs> is good. I'm writing that down. <laughs> uh, so in Washington, Russian and American generals argue over whether Natasha could be trusted, giving her double agent history. Back with the widows, Yelena has a knife to Natasha and demands the weapon be turned over, but they are interrupted by the, I made this word up, Rapistani soldiers <laughs> who rush the warehouse. The two operatives get out safely, and Natasha uses a helicopter on autopilot as a distraction to escape in a military truck. She later takes, uh, she she takes the letter out of her purse that was in her apartment and reads it as Yelena watches atop the vehicle. This so killed me. I need the, to explain that she brought the letter. This, she we we where we are in this yeah, story. She yeah. goes, she's brought this letter with her from the apartment on the plane. Yep. To Rapistan. Yep. Into the mission. Yep. Saved someone. Uh huh. And then now decided this was the time to read this letter. Yep. I could not 
for the yeah. life of me rationalize that. <laughs> which, which she has some kind of inkling as to what it is, because when she's holding it and Daredevil asks her like, oh, what's up? What's going on with you? She's like, I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit more mortal than usual. And I'm guessing it's because she's being reminded it's her birthday, uh, which we'll get to. But yeah, like Yelena's on top with this freaking huge fucking like the Batman sniper rifle. Uh, and she just tries to shoot her point blank in the face. <laughs> and uh, Natasha, you know, moves out of the way and their scuffle causes the truck to go over a cliff. They fight for the bioweapon, but Natasha secures it and leaves in a raft. She calls Matt and asks what he thinks of her while Yelena uh, looks over the letter Natasha had, which was from her doctor wishing her happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, Natasha drops the freaking letter. Now, after all this time, she's had this letter secured yeah. on the plane, in the mission, in the boat. She dropped it now. For and I, to I, find yeah, it. I'm also thinking she dropped it thinking that her homegirl was going to pick it up and, and think that there was something valuable in there and give her a couple more minutes to get away. At and it this works. point, the art just kind of completely drops in quality. You just kind of see Daredevil here. In two <laughs> hands he looks like two entirely different people. Yeah, it's like nuts. I don't like his hair. Come on, man. Matt, Matt's always had a good head of hair. Fix that. Natasha tracks down the scientist responsible for the bioweapon and demands he demonstrate it. So he does. He doses a rat who viciously kills the other rat in the cage before dying itself. She tells the doctor that she was given the mission to collect information, grab the weapon, and kill anyone in her way, but she's making her own choices today. Yeah? Can you explain to me why she started crying? She started crying, uh, I think, because she feels that the lives of... I assume she felt like the lives of people were being used the same way the rats were. And she feels like she's a tool. There's like a big message about being a tool and being used in all of this, even to the sec, even in the it, second story, there was um, a line, uh, even that our private fight against time itself does not belong to us alone. Yeah, but just life and death, right? Aging, yeah. life and death. I was like, and I don't said, you if, kill people? Is that, is that line? Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe that line is is referencing the 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 happy birthday, <laughs> <laughs> the happy birthday letter. Like, Jesus. I, I, I can't even grow old alone. Like, people are gonna hit me up and remind me that, that the passage of time is coming. And the doctor's like, "What is going on?" Like, yeah, she's crying. I don't understand. Yeah, and yet, like, he, she basically uh, kidnaps her. Like, Yelena tracks Widow to the lab, but she's already gone. And the generals argue some more. And Natasha takes the scientist to Zurich and demands he make an antidote. We then go to Rapistan, where the general there says they need to hurry with the transport of the weapon before the widow is on to them. I think it's important to mention, like, that at first I'm reading this story. Mm -hmm. Yelena is being, I guess, controlled by the Russian government, a general, yes. a fat general. Yeah. Natasha, I, I don't know if I assume. I don't think she's working for the government. I guess she's working for herself. But the United States is on the other side of the table. With yes. Russia. They're apparently yeah. what I didn't realize is that they were working together. Right. <laughs> like, right. Or whatever. So yeah. like the whole dynamic shift because like nobody here is actually a villain, even though Yelena is wants to take the place of the Black Widow. Yeah. I guess it turns out like she's actually here on a whole nother mission. But yeah, she's they, just letting the Black Widow thing get in her just mess with her own head. Yeah, it seemed as if both countries were worried about this thing getting out and sent their own like insurance 
you know, to, to make sure that it didn't, but never expecting them to like, I thought they always expected one of them to deal with it and be done with it. But you're right. I think that this uh, grudge, this feud that's only in Yelena's head it has caused her to be distracted. And again, we're going to see when she tries to go out on her own that she has none of the bones about getting all this done on her own. Natasha calls Yelena's boss, which was her old one, to dig up some dirt about Yelena's motives. But an assassin shoots up the phone booth. She runs off where she is tracked by Yelena and they each uh, have each other at gunpoint. Natasha tries to reason with Yelena by telling her she doesn't have to be a pawn between governments, easily discarded at the first convenience. She gives her an opportunity to be herself when she is suddenly gunned down in front of Belova on her birthday. As, I, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I was like, "Oh, did they really do it?" <laughs> I'm like, "That's Shield, though." I'm, I'm confused. What's weird. going on here? It's weird as hell. Yeah, I'm like, those outfits are Shield. I don't understand what's going on. And that's what we see. We see that her assassins, a few Shield agents, walk away. Belova picks up Natasha's phone and pretends to be her for a little bit, talking to Daredevil, but eventually confesses that Natasha is down. Matt gives her the benefit of the doubt that she can or will try to stop the weapon. She stakes out the convoy, um, making the, the the convoy making the transport of the bioweapon and decides to take them on at night. While the scientist in Zurich is ordered to send the vaccine against the bioweapon to Rapistan by an unknown person. That night, Yelena fights, shoots, and blows up everything in her path to the bioweapon, but is eventually apprehended. She is brought before the leader, Captain Asphal, and he tells her that he knows the serum kills the user after giving them immense strength, but he isn't going to use it on his enemies, but more so on his own troops, making them kamikazes. Again, I think this plays into the whole people as expendable tools yeah. for, for wars. I thought in this period where we think Natasha is dead and yeah. Yelena is just like, I'm the Black Widow now. Yeah, it really felt like her book for a few pages. Like uh, it was like Yelena. This is Yelena. She's the Black Widow. Yeah, I mean, she sucked, but she. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like all look at all the noise she causes. Like, look at all <laughs> the fucking. Like, later on, we will see the same exact location be infiltrated by Black Widow without a single explosion. So it's like, <laughs> what is she? What is she trying to do? Um. But yeah, she he meets he meets with the general. She finds out what's going on. Um, Asphalt meets with the other guy he's selling the weapons to. As Jelena is tied up, but suddenly Natasha reveals herself, having disguised herself as a burn treatment nurse. She saves Jelena and explains that she needed her to think she was dead so she can continue the mission without someone tailing her. She gives Jelena the vaccine, and the Russian and the American military show up to stop Asphalt. I thought that was hilarious. I needed you to think I was dead because you're annoying. Yeah, you're basically. You're, you're making a this. Net and I need you to stop. Right. And, and then just like involuntarily injects her. Like while they're talking. <laughs> while they're talking, she's just like, oh, don't even worry about it. And injects her with something. She, so she came in vaccine. disguised as a nurse and actually inje- injected Infaxinate, the entire yeah. camp with yep. a needle and now that she's injecting <laughs> Yelena with this vaccine it's like oh <laughs> that's why it's hilarious because they're going because they're she's doing that the Russian and American military are rolling in 
uh, you know, convoys full of vehicles to stop this guy. So this guy's like, you know what? Screw this. And he takes this, this bioweapon. He throws it to his army thinking he's about to have this super soldier army for like 20 minutes before they all die. And no, everyone's already treated against it. He's the only one suffering. So he, he dies suffering and Natasha deals the killing blow before stopping Yelena from killing her. Nat says Yelena will have fun trying to chase her again, but should get out of here before she's captured and Belova takes off. Our widow blows up the remains of the toxin as one of the soldiers mentions a jeep being stolen, proving that Yelena got away in the end. Um, I like that last picture of her, like the last panel. It reminds me of her poster on Winter Soldier. Natasha. Where just, yeah, where she's just there kind of like swaying. Yeah. <laughs> she's like leaning to the side, gangster lean. But I love that the, that all her comics end with, what is it, the word? Dasvidanya, is it? Dasvidanya. Dasvidanya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was cool that uh, Yelena learns a little less in the end. Like they were going to turn on her. They shot down her helicopter and everything. And, 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 you, and you see her learn this lesson and you're like, there possibly can't be any more lessons to learn. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there's, there's no other morals or uh, lessons that Nat wants her to learn, but that's Natasha. not true. <laughs> Natasha not true. certainly thought different. <laughs> Natasha did think different. This next story is going to get wrapped up in it. The, the synopsis is pretty fast. It's basically a, a face off. <laughs> Is, it's a face-off meets training day. It's like <laughs> Freaky Friday or some shit. And they're like, okay, so did Greg Rucka, like, so he, this is written <laughs> as a sequel uh, to the yes. to what we just read, to what we just talked about, right? Yes, both both halves are considered the full story of Itsy Bitsy Spider. Really? That's, I, I don't know who at Marvel decided that was true. Me either, because uh, <laughs> you would think that that, that, that pale little spider part it seems like it's a, a trilogy of three comics, um, but no, they stop it here for some strange reason. And it feels it feels unfinished. It is because it takes two years for the other three issues to come out. Yeah. And they're and written by saying, someone like, else entirely. And I don't want to think that she wasn't doing anything for two years. Black Widow, the character. She just two years later was like, you know what? Let me no, I'm I sure. got someone to check yeah. on. You I'm know, sure like, they had uh, in Avengers or something and she just couldn't afford to have her own solo. Yeah. Nobody wanted to read Black Widow, unfortunately. It's We've up. gone through it. <clears throat> Luke Cage. <clears throat> and that, as Yelena, <laughs> is upstate and being tracked. Oh, whoop. I went too far. The second half of the story <laughs> sees Yelena kidnapped, drugged, and operated on. When Jeez. she wakes up, she's in Natasha Romanoff's bed with Nat's face and body. She freaks out and Daredevil comes through the window acting like nothing is wrong. True to her spy nature, Yelena pretends to be Nat as Nat looks on. By the way, Nat now looks like Yelena as well. Matt leaves and Belova starts freaking out. She steals a gun and goes outside. When she's there, she tries to use a phone, but is given instructions instead. I feel so bad. for it's the second time reading this, I feel so bad for her. Because <laughs> she nuts. gets non-stop is she being fucked with they, they see her come outside and they're like yeah she's coming outside yeah she's gonna use the phone she goes to try to use the phone i'm guessing to call for help and she's given a mission instead so she follows uh she follows the instructions that she was given and a man gives her a purse and says you know with her next target in it and the next target is seemingly her yelena belova so belova as nat 
goes to the Museum of Natural History, I believe, and is followed by the real Nat inside. Nat pretends to be Yelena, and the two fight before fake Nat kills fake Yelena. She's arrested, but escapes police custody and is on the run. We see that Nat faked her death and is working alongside Fury and Matt in this ruse, but we don't know why. When you see this scene here, Yogi, of Nat as Yelena in the, in the ambulance talking to Fury and Daredevil and seemingly happy that he's, she's driving Yelena crazy, what were you thinking? I was just... I was just completely like lost. I didn't, I knew what was going on, but I didn't have a clue where it was going. Like I was just like, what, where are we going with this? Why is this happening? This is horrible. (laughs) There's no reason for this. Yeah. Cause I'm going to assume that, uh, Yana never came and did anything malicious in between these two stories. No, she didn't. And, um, as we, as I, when you do the reread, um, Nat was pretty adamant about this. She came to fury with this. And if Daredevil's you go, got yeah. his uh, redi- uh, reservations the whole time. He's like, "This is wrong. What are we doing?" If, if you go to the first, if you go to the, I think the second page after Yelena's kidnapped, you can actually see the form that uh, Natasha sent Nick Fury about, like, "Hey, listen, we got to talk. I met this girl. I got an idea. Yada yada." We also see that various people are helping track Yelena as she spirals into madness. Matt seems concerned, like you said. So Nat tells him, yeah, go ahead. Go watch her then. Go ahead. Do, do, do whatever you want to do. We see her run through New York City. She robs a homeless guy for his clothes. Uh, meanwhile, Nat, as Yelena, goes to see Yelena's boss and pump him for info about some nukes and more money. He accepts her offer after a long conversation, but is revealed that he knows that she isn't the real Yelena and plans to kill her. Yelena, as Nat, finds a safe house, but is almost apprehended by shield agents uh, inside who want to arrest her for murdering Yelena. <laughs> so I thought this was cool because one, the safe house is on 138th street in the Bronx. I was like, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And then nothing two, safe about the Bronx, by the way, but go ahead. <laughs> and then two, at this point, uh, now I'm thinking they've set it up for us to think this is uh, Natalia did this so that she can find out about these nukes that have been stored in the Hudson river. So right. I'm like, okay, well, at least there's a heroic purpose here. And and they need Yelena, the real Yelena off the grid, but for some reason, instead of just like locking her in a room, like you usually do when you take somebody's identity, uh, they are just <laughs> dragging her through the mud. I don't know what to call it. Because she runs tired, scared. She's run so soaking wet and petrified, and Daredevil's concerned. Um, and the only way she's able to spend the night safe is inside of a dumpster. Which is in, in kind of sad. Yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> a dumpster in Hunts Point. You have to understand how bad that is. Yeah, you can, could you imagine how that thing smells? Crazy. Ridiculous. Nat as Yelena is upstate and being tracked, which she figures is because the, the guy she spoke to realized she wasn't Yelena. She beats up the goon following her as Daredevil checks on Yelena in the dumpster. Yelena wakes up traumatized, sees Daredevil, and starts admitting that she's not Nat. And he says he knows. Nat finds the nukes, but is ambushed, so she takes Yelena's boss hostage. While under threat of death, he confesses that he always thought Yelena was naive and easily trusting, and that he was planning on using her and then killing her. This enrages Yelena, who was watching the conversation in a bush (laughs) with Daredevil, (laughs) which I thought was weird. (laughs) And uh, the, the anger causes her to blow her cover. 
A gunfight ensues, but before the boss can get away, he is kicked and then shot in the face by Yelena as Nat. I guess this is like a viper bite thing, like where he's just incapacitated and not dead because she like shot him full on in the face. Yeah. Which was a bit weird. They both they both did, I think. <laughs> That's terrible. Together. Yeah, it was like a dual face thing. They both they both punched him. They both viper bit him with their guns. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Nat confesses she oh sorry with the bad guy incapacitated she turns her anger to the real Nat and starts attacking her for tricking her she beat the shit out of her <laughs> Nat confesses that she wanted to save her by showing her a day in her life of treachery danger cruelty and savagery Yelena says she was basically raped by Nat uh, I mean shit she, she they, if, they, if that's like I don't. Oh, I that's the first sale. time I've seen the uh, the R word in a in a Marvel comic. Besides, I think an alias. I think that I think uh, it's it was this Marvel Knights. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then the yeah. I, the, the other <laughs> one is when we get to the sex dungeon, <laughs> so it gets a little crazy after that. I mean, if, if she's not wrong though, I didn't think that was an exaggeration of what happened. She's she she stole her life and left her just Wait. completely. What do you think about Nat, Nat's point, though, that this is what it's like waking up? Like, if you truly want to be the baddest you assassin just, of all time, this is this is what that life is. You could have just told her. <laughs> Send a letter. You could have just spoke to her. Like, hey, you should follow me on a mission to see what it's like or whatever. You know? uh, she constantly calls her, what is it? Ruskova? It means little one, though. Um, and uh, yeah. Nat says the end justify the means. She had to find out where the nukes were, and she needed to be Elena to do it. So it is what it is. That was a lie. Yeah. That she was tell- a lie. It wasn't the truth. Nope. She tells Elena she doesn't have to be anyone's tool, but the constant speech angers Belova, who points a gun at her. Um, she fires, but misses intentionally and demands she get her face back. She's like, if I kill, uh, if I kill you, will I kill myself? Which, uh, yeah, she's just going crazy. <laughs> they reverse the face-off surgery, and Yelena goes home, having learned a lesson, I think. And that was my that was my synopsis of, of the end of that. I think she learned a lesson, maybe, which is never to go to New York or something. That's another thing. They kidnapped her from Russia, bro, to do but this. Fury's like, he tells Daredevil, like, well, you know, here's the thing. Blondie down there sees things like you do. She thinks she's a superhero. But Natasha, she's the Black Widow. She's the real deal. She knows better. <laughs> she's like, he's like talking over Daredevil's head. You know, he's, he's like, like you fuck? don't know what the hell any of this is about, bro. We do this shit every Tuesday out here. <laughs> you, know you ain't ready about that. So I thought that was a, a cool little uh, dive into the comic book. Um, a more modern sort of comic book adaptation of black widow i know recently spoiler alert she had passed away when we were reading secret empire um but i'm almost certain she's back now through some kind of magic or something what part of you what part of this do you think they might take for the film like do you think uh, yelena will see her as an older sister kind of deal do you think there is going to be like a silver so uh sibling rivalry of sorts I think there'll be a little rivalry. I think mostly they'll take inspiration from that few pages where she was the main character and she was actually Black Widow. And doing things, yeah. And doing things. They'll be like, well, this, oh, well, look, 
we can use this as a Black Widow. And then Yelena will just be Black Widow in the future. Because, yeah. you know, this. My, my theory is that this movie takes place in 2016. So we're just establishing that even though Black Widow died now, there's still Yelena Belova out there as Black Widow number two or whatever. If she ever finds out Widow's yeah. dead. Well, I figure there'll be a post-credit stinger and she finds out Widow's dead. And she imagine gets this imagine this post-credit stinger is everything we've been waiting for for everything else. It's like she finds out that she's dead. She dyes her hair red. She opens the door. Kang's there. She turns, she turns around. Mephisto's there. And he says, I want to put you on part of a team. It's like everything we've been waiting for, but we haven't been able to see it because it's taken a whole year to get this film out. <laughs> that would be hilarious. This film, I my only hope is that it doesn't feel like something that we probably should have seen a year ago. And now it's like, yeah. Ah. That was a waste of time. I didn't need to see this. Yeah, I th- I think it's gonna be something. I'm, I guess it's just my optimism for Marvel. Like even the their less excitable films, I feel like they've been able to pull off. And speaking of Marvel and the MCU, let's wrap this up with going through a bit of a journey down memory lane with our girl Natasha. Let's talk about MCU's Natasha Romanoff. So. Uh, originally a KGB operative and a dangerous assassin, Romanoff was recruited into S.H.I.E.L.D. by Clint Barton. Having extensive mastery in martial arts and armed with her widow's bite, Black Widow became one of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s most eff- efficient agents. During one mission, she was sent undercover into Stark Industries to watch Tony Stark due to the fear that he was dying. During this mission, Romanoff assisted Stark with defeating Ivan Vanko's terrorist plots against him. As we all know, this takes place in Iron Man 2. This is the debut of Scarlett Johansson in this role. What did you think of Natasha's debut? And I guess, uh, what did you think of the casting initially? I thought everything was, I thought everything was perfect. I thought in the beginning, I was like, well, why didn't she have the accent? Yeah. And then they reveal like, oh, well, she was on the cover as an American girl. MCU accents are not great, right? It was very (laughs) early. It was very early, though. I was like, oh, no, she doesn't have the accent. And it's like, MCU forever and ever will never have will always have an accent problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. That's just what happens. But, I, I this is my favorite hair. Oh yeah, this is my. No, but I feel like maybe it's just a guy thing. I just like that crazy curly. I thought it it, it looked hairstyle. Good. It looked Black Widow. She looked like the Black Widow. They, that was like the closest to the comics, and they played they played around with her seduction probably in this more than anything else, right? Like, because yeah, eventually the the society shifted. It's like that's not I what mean they to do anymore. Avengers did it in a different way, but you, know, you feel me? Like, <laughs> I get you, I get you, and that's what ends up happening next when Loki declares war on Earth. Black Widow is recruited into the Avengers after Hawkeye had been taken over by Loki. Romanoff assisted in recruiting Stark and Bruce Banner into the team while they tracked down and attempted to capture Loki, eventually saving Barton from mind control. Once Loki's entire plan had been uncovered, Romanoff joined the team during the Battle of New York and was instrumental in destroying the portal over the city, which had been created by the Tesseract, effectively ending the entire invasion while Loki was defeated and captured. I just did remember that she was actually the one to stop she stuck the, the staff in the hole. I guess that's what you do. Supposed to spit on the end of the staff, stick it in the <laughs> hole <laughs> until you Get hear a noise. Until you hear a noise, and then yeah, you've gone too far. Um, but this Avengers movie is the first time we see this team, and we see Nat as part of this team. Um, 
I know a lot of people joke around that about the the camera shot where they swirl, swirl around and she cocks her guns and stuff. That's but, legendary for me. Man. Yeah, but this is this is this is the start of her second family, you know, and um, she's very less duplicitous going forward <laughs> uh, now that she has this loyalty. In the wake of the Avengers successfully defeating Loki, Romanoff continued with her work with Shield. This time, working alongside my boy Steve Rogers, aka Captain America. While working together, Romanoff and Rogers uncovered a conspiracy following an assassination attempt on Nick Fury, which had eventually led them to led to them discovering that Hydra had somehow been infiltrating the entire organization. Despite their efforts of the Winter Soldier to stop them, Romanoff helped expose Alexander Pierce's evil schemes to the world. She does her whole uh, Mission Impossible mask thing. Uh, she was old, yeah, she was an old lady or whatever. Um so yeah, she she released all the files, which also meant that she released all her own files, which means that as a result, she was forced uh, into dropping off the grid again and try to rebuild her cover. What do you, do you think of Steve and Nat's relationship in this film? Why do you think I those two was, are so close? It was really flirty. It was really flirtatious, yeah. but it was again a callback to their time together in Captain America comics. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What do you think it is about Steve that she digs? I mean, he seems pretty straight laced in comparison to her life she's hot yeah no you think, the, no i'm saying you think she, she thinks he's hot yeah no absolutely yeah, the, yeah she's hot he thinks she's hot and she thinks he's hot they just didn't that works yeah. i could also i could also see her seeing him as like a challenge like mr america yeah, I, I think you know? so too like, but mostly because he's freaking Captain America, look at he's a stand, he's a stand-up guy, man. I, I saw how I saw how Haley Atwell looked at him when he when that thing opened up. I heard that her touching his abs wasn't a was in the script. He's like, "What's going on?" She was just like, "Yeah, he's like uh, lower, lower." <laughs> this is assault. <laughs> uh, then we get into a misjustice of character uh, because we get Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> where uh, Romanoff eventually rejoins the Avengers, working to bring down various Hydra cells across the world and assisting in the capture of Wolfgang von Strucker. However, before she could reform, before she could form a romantic relationship with Banner, the rogue artificial intelligence Ultron was created by Stark and Banner, forcing Romanoff and the rest of their team to join together to defeat him. Uh, despite being captured, because I don't like this film, Romanoff was able to inform the team of Ultron's location in Sokovia, resulting in the final battle in which the Avengers had defeated Ultron once and for all. Unlike most members of the original Avengers, Black Widow remained a member while forming the second incarnation of the team. Were you a fan of the random Hulk relationship, Yogi? Why or why not? No, no, I was not. No. Um, first of all, I was still kind of hoping that I, I don't know. I'm always a stickler for comic stuff. I at first I'm like, man, where's Betty? Whatever yeah. happened to Betty? Betty. <laughs> yeah. And this was the movie where they really just separated Natasha and Hawkeye. And I was like, oh, well, that was jarring. Yeah. I was really enjoying what you guys were doing already. I think this, uh, that whole sun's getting low thing is kind of a cool concept. I don't know if it would have been like, I don't know if she should have been the one to be doing that. But I think like someone being able to talk Hulk down, I think is a cool concept. Um, I, I was more, I, I was just more into the Hawkeye thing that they set up already. Yeah. And this was the movie where they really split it up. Like they really separated them. So I was just like, 
what's going on? Yeah, it's you saw how close they were when she was, when he was mind controlled and she was going to great lengths to make sure that he came back. He really cared about her and vice versa. And um, they never so, like teased that it wasn't, you know, like this was coming. Like it wasn't like Hawkeye had a family. He wasn't looking at a wallet. It just came that's out the of worst part. I think that's the worst part is that they played their relationship in the film as if it would have been a natural occurrence. And given everything we saw, that doesn't seem natural at all. It don't seem like they would have just flowed into, unless Bruce, maybe Bruce just likes the first person she he sees, and maybe she just wants somebody safe. I don't. I, who knows? People do weird things. But um, I was not a fan of that relationship at all. And I like that Thor tries to do the sun's getting low thing. <laughs> 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 I know later on it doesn't work. I guess he's not as handsome. Uh, then we get to one of the best movies in the MCU. Because as the governments of the world had demanded the Avengers to sign the Sokovia Accords in the wake of their recent battles, Romanoff agreed to their terms and signed the Accords. She later joined Iron Man in a fight against Captain America due to his disagreements with the Accords and his criminal activities with the Winter Soldier, who Rogers was attempting to protect. As the two Avengers factions fought against each other, Romanoff betrayed Iron Man's team to assist Captain America to find the instigator of the team's fight. As a result, Black Widow had to escape from the government for aiding Rogers, who had been on the run. Romanoff soon joined him and Wilson in stopping terrorists. Do you think Widow's opinion of Tony Stark or Steve Rogers played her hand in her decision to double-cross? Um, I think... Was she looking at her them as opinion. two equal friends, or do you think that she trusts Cap? No, I think than- I think her opinion of Captain America is really what does it. Because if you think if you know Captain America, we know Captain America because we see we've watched we're the ultimate watchers, right? Yeah, we know we know his life. Yep. Uh, she knows him, and she knows if Captain America thinks he's right, even if I think I'm wrong. You're like a Captain America yeah. thinks he's right. You know? yeah. like, I have to write this one out because Captain America thinks he's right. Something's out of here. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, we, we're all about sometimes connecting dots that are not even there. There's a bit of my head canon that is saying that maybe in seeing how much Steve wants to redeem Bucky, there might be something there as well for Widow. He's like, oh, look at them. They're a cute couple. But more so like <laughs> she knows she's killed a shit ton of people, too. And if Cap could accept and forgive and bring Bucky back in, maybe, you know, like he's the kind of guy that would vouch for her. I mean, she runs off with this man. They, 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 they become secret Avengers underground. She dyes her hair, cuts it, cuts it. It's a whole thing. That's why I really uh, think it's an opinion of Cap because she ends up following him for yeah. the rest of, you know, the rest of the film, her life. Right? Well, the rest of the, <laughs> no, no, you're right. The rest of her life. Because, yeah. because his last mission was the, the time mission, time heist. Yeah. So she does follow him for the rest of her life. <laughs> Holy hell. Jesus um, what, Christ, I'm going to die. What did you think of the double cross when it happened? Were you shocked, surprised? I wasn't shocked. I, I, I guess they played, it, they played it off so well that I didn't see the moment coming. I was like, oh. Yeah. I was more shocked when she joined Iron Man's side of the argument. Yeah. Yeah. But that was probably her playing it safe, right? Like just probably just trying not to go to jail. Yeah, she's done a lot of things to, that would warn her going to jail. I think she was just trying to keep it safe. Um, so we get to Infinity War when the threat of Thanos approached Earth. Romanoff, Rogers, and Wilson protected Vision, who had the Mind Stone. Thanos went after it. 
they defended Wakanda from the attack, but were ultimately defeated by Thanos. Um, and Thanos then snapped his Infinity Gauntlet. Um, there's very little Widow in this. Uh, but what did you think of her undercover look? Blonde Widow. Blonde Widow <laughs> with the sticks. I thought it was fine. I thought she had the, a great moment with her, Okoye, and Scarlet Witch in the field fighting against those aliens. Yeah. Uh, I thought she defeated the little bit of moments that she did get in this movie. She shined. Yeah, that that reveal with her uh Falcon and Cap in the train station in uh, yeah. Scotland, I want to say. Some uh, some European country. Some European country uh was really, really cool. It was really cool. And she was holding her own against aliens, like superpowered aliens with superpowered weapons. So that's also very, very cool. Um, and then last but not least, five years later, Romanoff led the Avengers alongside Captain America, now formed by Okoye, Rocket Raccoon, Nebula, War Machine, and Captain Marvel. To undo the snap, the remaining Avengers split into teams to retrieve all Infinity Stones from several alternate timelines in the Time Heist. Sent to retrieve the Soul Stone on Volmir with Barton, Romanoff, against Barton's insistence, Willingly jumped off the Vromil Mountains into the abyss below, sacrificing herself in progress. I mean, in the process, uh, in order to obtain the Soul Stone for the Avengers. Did you have any idea that we would lose Black Widow as a member of the team? Well, I, watching the movie, uh, first it was three hours, but it never felt like three hours. So like yep. at the point that she died, I was like, it's so early in the movie. She'll be back. Yeah. And then, like, she just never came back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it really dawned on me until they had the, the girl power moment in the battle. And I'm like, Widow's not here. Oh, that sucks. Like, now that you say that, because, again, speaking back to what you were talking about, the person most affected by this death is Clint. Because he's the one that yells at Thor in one of my most favorite scenes. No, you go ask him. You fucking ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I already fucking talked to him, all right? You go ask him. Ask him where she's at. Ask the red guy in the fucking sky, because I don't know what the hell is going on. I was like, damn, Barton. You good? You good, bro? Um, I Looking back now, man, like I really like her under the Russos. I really like how the Russos write her. She's, they work best with the espionage stories. Yeah. Uh, of course they would kill it. I like I know it's it's become a trend a bit to kind of like harp on Whedon, but I always felt even before all the Justice League stuff happened that he was weird with her as a character in those films. I I, I don't know why. I just get like a weird thing. I thought she was so much more cooler in Civil War, in Winter Soldier. I don't think the those Avengers films did her a lot. And maybe it's because it's on ensemble. And that had to too. give so many yeah. different people pieces to the puzzle. It, that, I don't that... think he knew what to do with her. I don't think he knew what to do with her, really. But I was... like the chair bouncing thing. <laughs> but but the thing is, the thing that bugs me out about that statement is that Whedon for years have been, you know, touted as this guy who writes great female characters, right? Yeah, no, but I think <laughs> in a movie with so many heroes doing superpowered things i don't think he knew how to believably write someone without superpowers amongst these gods these i feel like yeah I feel, I feel like they made her the mom yeah he almost didn't know what to do okay i'll hold this shield for you cap you bounce up can you do it i'm gonna yeah. shoot i'm gonna stab these guys in the back and drive the machine and she wasn't doing shit i don't think we didn't know what the fuck to do with her well, um, we the screenwriter for Black Widow, her name is uh, Jacqueline Schaefer, and she is also the showrunner and screenwriter for WandaVision. 
Do you think I, that means anything? <laughs> I was hoping she had some like she wrote like James Bond or some shit. No, she I, has written um she written The Hustle. She wrote Captain Marvel, which I guess might be her, you know, like why they bring her in. Um, she wrote Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which I don't I think anyone was was railing about that. George, please help me. Uh, she she wrote <laughs> she wrote Timer. I don't know what this is. A romantic oh comedy. That was it. That's it. Those you're scaring me. She uh she wrote for four films and which which episodes of WandaVision did she write? Two episodes. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, she wrote she wrote two ep- go, the episode called two episodes right uh no she wrote here it comes here it comes she wrote writer writer right okay she wrote the pilot film before a live studio audience and she wrote the finale <laughs> uh, okay okay i mean the start and the end of the story she wrote um she so she has a history with marvel super heroines yeah, that's, that's one check Marvel fights uh, and she fight has a history scene. of Marvel fight scenes and mystery and kind of like mystery box stuff she is, wrote the thesis thing yeah yeah um, so there might be something there there um, I just I, I don't know when Black Widow finally got a film and it's gonna be the last film she ever gets like I was so hoping we were gonna do some spy stuff <laughs> well I mean we got a whole film um, and with the you know that's basically the last topic I have here you want to spitball? I know you're not one for um, predictions. But really, what's the I most think, random? What's the most random thing you could think of happening in this film that that could pop you? I feel like maybe a guest appearance or something because there's nothing like we we go to the past. We we finally flesh her out completely, which I guess will enhance rewatches of MCU movies. Like it feels like why are we doing this a little bit? Yeah, like yeah. I'm. Other than establishing that there's another Black Widow, like that's really what the point of this movie seems to be to keep setting up the next generation of uh, you know young Avengers. It may be they won't all be in one movie called the Young Avengers, but they are the next generation of Avengers. All these yeah. younger heroes, the Hawkeye, the 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 new Black Widow, Spider Man, you know all right. these characters. I, I think, heart all those characters. Yeah, I think that's what this really is. It doesn't matter what happens in the movie, and I don't think I think because of that. It's going to be probably an entertaining standalone film, but like ultimately it's not going to have too much consequence on the MCU. Like you're not going to see anything that gives any glimpse towards the the uh, bigger picture that is the next phase. You're just going to get the introduction of Yelena and then in a post credit, it'll tell you where she stands today. And yes. then we move on. Two two final questions about the Black Widow 2021 movie. Um, and yeah, they'd be pretty easy to speculate on. One, who do you think is Taskmaster? The mom. Yeah. Second, do you think Taskmaster lives past this film? No. No, no. it's MCU, dog. The Marvel, the Marvel, uh, <laughs> We're the Marvel yeah. tradition of no yeah. redemption. <laughs> yeah. No, he has to die. I no resurrection. I hope that we at least get a lot of cool Taskmaster shit. Like yeah. even if it doesn't get fleshed out, or just give us all the crazy action, flesh out the widows. Put the hoodie back on, please. Too like, can you put the man's hoodie on? Does uh, he like, have the skull? I feel like it doesn't have. It's the like skull. there's like there's like teeth. 
I hate these fucking there's MCU like, costumes There's like sometimes. teeth and like, it's like a weird aviator glasses <laughs> and teeth and a football helmet. It's like, sometimes I get it so right and other times I get it so wrong. But the thing is, it always always feels like a choice, right? Because the choice is to get right or wrong. Like sometimes, like, have you seen some of the fucking concept art for Ultron? No. Like, had they made him less expressive and more like how he was in the comic where he's just like a gaping mouth with smoke, red smoke coming out of it and those fucking dead eyes. Scary as shit. Those dead eyes, like that. I was looking at some of that stuff and I was like, oh my God, like this is what it should have been. Like instead he's like winking and stuff and, and smirking and I'm like, it's not, it's not that good. Got no strings on me. Yeah, yeah. Too much synergy. Too much synergy if you ask me. But we're here. We're, we're, we're done with our Black Widow talk for the night and black widow we will both have been seeing this film in the next 48 hours yeah. uh, so hopefully it's something good and hopefully it's something to write home about but regardless you know it's going to be something to talk about and we'll be talking about it right here on the major issues podcast next wednesday so get all of your opinions together um and so long as they're not inflammatory send them over our way uh so we can talk about your opinions live on air and discuss this film because i i know good or bad we're gonna have stuff to talk about but uh as you know this episode of the major issues podcast and every episode of the major issues podcast is available at comicbookclick.com it's the one stop for all things comic book click including like i said every episode of the major issues podcast is over 180 hours of content but it also has articles written exclusively by us including a low-key low-key breakdown that i do every week uh recapping the previous week's episode with my crazy predictions that none of them have gotten right so far but it's been fun mm. as hell to throw things at the wall um uh yeah so f- follow that gt's written some articles dan's written some articles get on that um it's also where we have all of our merchandise which is at tpublic.com but you can get there by going to comicbookclick.com and clicking that shop cbc link and it'll take you right to our store where all the designs are custom made by yours truly um a comic book fan myself and i know what comic book fans sometimes want to wear so go ahead and grab yourself some exclusive merch and support comic book click that way if you would like to support comic book click even further but without any money uh you know it happens sometimes hard times uh do us a favor and rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't, because we're doing our best to try to become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. But, you know, we're, we're, we're still trying to get there. And so you guys can help us get there. And if you rate us high on iTunes, we can end up finding, or I guess listeners can end up finding us as they look for recommendations of comic books and comic book media talk. And you know they want to find us, so help them find us. Help them get on the bandwagon before it gets full. I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it because there was a TVA agent and I had to run away as fast as I can. Uh, I don't want to get into any more details because I'll get pruned, and who knows what the hell happens when that happens. So make sure that you're finding ways to support Comic Book Click. The biggest and best way? For as little as 10 cents a day or $3 a month, you can help support independent content creators, not even like us. You can uh, support us <laughs> by uh, pitching in $3 a month to patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Not only do you help us keep the lights on here, but you get access to exclusive stuff like CBC commentaries, where you could hear me and other clickers sit down and chat about a movie and you can play it right alongside yourself watching the movie. And you'll have a bunch of idiots that won't stop talking the entire time, <laughs> keeping you highly entertained. Um, 
last but not least, we want to hear from you guys. So reach us, reach out to us. We're all over social media. We're at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at major issues CBC on Twitter, posting those dank memes and constant updates to what we're doing here as part of comic book click. Next week, we got Black Widow, and after Black Widow, the film, we have Loki. So it's been a pretty big Marvel month uh, going forward, and I am not complaining. But guess what? August, Stargirl. August, Titans. DC's coming, and it's coming quick. Make sure that you're following the podcast. Make sure you're following Comic Book Click, and make sure you're following us on our next stop in this crazy world of comics. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. This is Jonathan Escudero, a.k.a. Yogi. And this has been our Black Widow, Itsy Bitsy Spider, and MCU Black Widow retrospective. And remember, no matter how much red you have on your ledger, or whether the sun's getting low, or whether you just wish Josh Whedon would stop making films, remember <laughs> that we are the click. Remember, get permission before you fall on someone's boobs. And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy.